Everybody, welcome to another great episode of Rugby Smart. We got a great show going on for you today. Yo, we're going to be talking about Netflix's release of Six Nations documentary, Six Nations Full Contact. We got a bit of new teams. Of course, we're going to talk about the Anthem Carolina Rugby, the newest addition to MLR and USA Rugby and World Rugby's baby. And then talk a little MLR schedule. And lastly, of course, big news when it comes to Premiership Rugby, England Rugby, and Europe. Owen Farrell going to Rossing 92. Let's talk about it a little bit more and see how that's going to impact the rest of rugby as we know it. Y'all, we got a great one going on for you. But in the meantime, yo, let's hit that intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. You are now tuned in to the greatest. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Welcome to the Rugby Swag Show. Yo, welcome to Rugby Swag. Once again, my name is Gift Gift Time at Baylu, and of course, this is the show where we talk about all things rugby, including the people that have impacted or taken advantage of the opportunities that it has provided. Y'all, before we get started, as always, I need you guys to please go ahead and like this video and go ahead and hit that subscribe button as well so we can continue to get the best rugby news to you guys out as well as some of the best interviews on a regular basis, man. We got some great, interesting people coming out, and we got some great interesting things happening just today on its own but of course also look if you guys are not able to hit that YouTube like and subscribe, yo, I ask that you guys go ahead and check us out on social media. You guys can find us at at Rugby Swag Show on Instagram. Of course, you can find us at at X on X at Gift A Bailey. That is G I F T E G B E L U. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, tw uh, Twitch, and TikTok. At Gift Time Rugby, that is with two T's, G-I-F-T-T-I-M-E Rugby. And if you guys aren't able to watch the show, of course, there's always, can't always get into being able to watch it. You can absolutely take a listen to it and check it out in its fullness on any of the hottest audio podcasting site that is Spotify, that is Apple Podcast, iHeartMedia, Amazon Music, Google uh, Podcasts while it still exists, and pretty much any major one that you guys really actually go ahead and pay attention to. So I don't want you to feel like you have any chance that you're missing out on anything. You guys can absolutely listen on your time, when your time, because that is all about trying to make it for your time. And lastly, oh, of course, you guys absolutely can talk to us on the show. Look, I want to be able to hear your comments. If you get a chance to talk, please go ahead and roll with us a little bit. I'm always down for it. I'm always a big fan. And, uh, of course, this is a conversation as much as it is me trying to give you guys some of the best that you can get when it comes to rugby happening right now. So, uh in the meantime, before we get started, yo, I just got to say, uh, look, my body is killing me right now. So if I feel like I'm a little bit lower on my energy is because I'm still in my process of coming back into getting back on the field and into the second week. Honestly, I'm enjoying second week of rugby. We, I have Thailand, I have Bangkok 10s coming up uh, February 16th through 19th. So trying to get myself completely ready for it. So I have been just downing uh, so much water. So much water. I already took like a gallon and a half, and uh, that bathroom knows me entirely too well. So I don't know. That might be TMI, but hey, look, man, we're family. 
we're family here. So, you know, it's all about the TMI over here. <laughs> well, look, before we get started onto our first uh, topic of the day, look, we got to take care of our sponsors first and foremost. I ask you guys to go ahead and take a look if you can. Check out the RSRF Rugby Foundation. Now, this is the foundation that is working actively to bring HBCU rugby to the helm by helping to build and support teams around the HBCU verse and black college area. This is something that's really important because it adds another element to the amount of viewers, the eyes, and the athletes that we get to be able to be a part of our lovely game of rugby over here. And as a board member, I feel like it's really necessary that you are knowledgeable about what's going on in these elements. If you know me, you know, I am the one who created the HBC Rugby Classic. So HBC Rugby is very near and dear to my heart. And I really am an advocate of being able to build this because I think as many universities that can get rugby and as many communities that can access it is more strength to the overall rugby community. And I think we all know that the diversity of the community is what makes rugby one of the things that make rugby incredibly special. So if you guys can Please show your support if you gain donations, uh, likes, and follows. But you can find us at www.rsrugbyfoundation.org. That is rsrugbyfoundation.org. Also, want to thank our other sponsor, Health Enhanced Foods, one of the best specialty baking mixes in the game. Y'all, whenever you are talking about trying to find the right breads that you can eat, because it's really difficult, especially as rugby people, we got to keep our cardio up. We got to keep our carbs up, but we got to find the healthy ones that don't make us feel bloated, don't make us feel inflamed, but most importantly, don't actually harm our body in the process. And Health Enhanced Foods has that for you. And it's not even just for athletes. If you have a special needs, whether you are going through dialysis, whether you need gluten-free, you're ketogenic, uh, you know, you require uh grains that are not going to do harm to you health enhanced food has you on that so in the meantime i right before we get to this next topic where we're going to be saying about what netflix is actually doing for rugby let's hit this first commercial and let's get back to it where we can talk about netflix's drive for survive rugby version <laughs> let's go my name is gift gifted bailey this is the rugby swag show be right back i'm gonna let you get back to the show in a moment but i want to talk to you about our sponsors health enhanced foods the best specialty flowers in the business what does that mean for you that is the flowers that allow you to be able to get the nutritious need from your bread made that's muffins bread croissants whatever pancakes and muffins it will give you the opportunity to be able to get the best while still being able to eat like you wanted to we have various amounts of products available for those who have special dietary needs to those who are looking for a special health outcome and of course because they're part of the rugby swag show we want to let you know that you got a chance to go to healthenhancedfoods.com and use code rugby swag to be able to get 20% off your first order. Y'all, this is something that you're going to need. You got to build up, have your energy at the best, be the maximum. It's 2024. Let's do the best. But now I want you guys to get into it. Let's get back to the show. Yo, I want to shout out to my guy, Caverna, one of my, my, my brothers in uh, Kedachiba Rugby. Big what's up to you as well. Como vai to the bom? Benvindo para o programa. Welcome to the show, Anthony. You guys know. Anyways, look, guys, today, Six Nations full contact 
was released this morning. Y'all, I had a chance to be able to go watch it, and I want to show you guys a little bit of, uh, uh, before you guys if you forgot what it's all about, let me show you what it's really all about in, uh, 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 on the, uh, uh, from their trailer. Let's check this out real quick. So what's it like being golden balls? <laughs> Six Nations is the tournament to decide the best team in Europe. Rugby is prone. It's doggy dog. When you go off in a game... What would be a war? I feel like you are going off to war something. Embrace the fear. Embrace it all. some of the best players in world rugby and that's what you want to play against. You want to silence them in front of their home crowd. I need to see more energy off you because we are the better team. The thing is you probably need to go through a bit more pain. You like the challenge, don't you? I struggle with mental health for years. I'm not afraid to say it. When you feel like you are an imposter or you shouldn't be where you are, that's when you start questioning yourself. But a responsibility not only to my teammates, to myself, but all the people that have been there for me. This could be the last chance winning a trophy in Six Nations. We just need to make this one count. It's business, ultimately. And there can only be one winner. Yo. I, I, I Did you get chills from it? Because I got chills from it. And look, I'm not going to. I had a chance to be able to watch it because I was like, look, I'm going to make sure that I have something to be able to review by the time we get to the show today. And I have to say. You know, we talk a lot about USA, about world rugby needing to do things that will bring new fans, new opportunities to the game. And I think they finally got one right. Uh, now, mind you, OK, let's let's come put some context here. This isn't the first documentary that has been about rugby or a rugby team. Uh, we had one about New Zealand that was spectacular. Um, it, that was on Amazon Prime. Uh, we had one that was uh, blood, sweat, and mud. Uh, the Premiership Rugby one that came out uh, earlier this or late last year. Um, that was on Amazon Prime. Uh, of course, we've had countless ones that are about Pacific rugby and and uh, had about youth rugby and we've had it about uh, airlines. So rugby documentaries are not something that is out of the norm. This isn't an unusual situation. But I think with this one, it was the first time that the matching of platform storyline and uh, recency kind of came together in kind of a, a perfect fluidity together. So Six Nations Full Contact absolutely follows the journey of the six teams that played in the 2023 Six Nations. That's France, Ireland, England, Wales, um, Scotland, and Italy, uh, who play every year. Uh, obviously, we got the Six Nations starting up again in about two weeks. So this was kind of a nice lead-in. Uh, and with this, they actually take it where each episode, they kind of simplify it 
not just to like, oh, this is what happened in this round and this is how it all played out and then a little bit of stories, but it, it, it like a little bit of trickle of everybody trying to be in and basically over, over, um, over stuffing each episode so that you could get the full picture of everybody. No, in this, this drive in this six nation, I want to say drive to survive rugby edition in this documentary series, they really work to condense every episode into a matchup of one or two teams and subsequently one and follow one or two players, which I thought was marvelous on it. Absolutely marvelous. Uh, one, it made it easier for me, who's I'm not a big fan of European rugby. Like the Six Nations has been a relatively boring match, for my opinion. I prefer Super Rugby. I prefer the Rugby Championships. I think it's just a more open style of play. But now, after watching this, I was like, okay, now I kind of get a little bit more of what's uh, the impact and, and and the attention outside of it being oh it's the oldest rugby competition in uh european uh rugby or in rugby history and it's uh you know you know it's supposed to be preeminent simply because it's happening in what is considered uh, a major rugby bed but no we got to be able to talk and and participate and engage in almost with individual players uh, from Ellis Genji of England uh, to Andrew Porter of Ireland, uh, Antoine Dupont of France, uh, Gail uh, Fuca of France, um, uh, 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 Stephen Varney of Italy. Like you had a whole slew of players that as an American who does not watch the Six Nations, it made me go like, I want to see how these guys do. I want to watch them go. And they condensed it enough, they condensed it in a way that I could care about the players. Now, I'm not saying it was a perfect doc, and I, I think it needed a little work, but for first season and to be able to kind of get an idea of what you need to know about the Six Nations, I thought they did spectacular, and especially because of the platform, because this was actually promoted, and it seemed like they people actually tried to enjoy this um, documentary. I thought they did fantastic with this. Fantastic. I, I have plenty of good things to say about it i ended up doing a whole follow-through on my on my tiktok on my tiktok on my x uh if you want to see it there but i'm gonna basically give you the same thing as it is right now but like it was it was very endearing to see the players see specific players families uh see some aspects that you don't normally see of the players and actually put some heart into rugby, that's not the one that we have to talk about in terms of like camaraderie and oh, it's all about the team. Like it, it, it actually pinpointed stars. I think one of the funniest things in this was the factor of some of the stars who are no longer going to be into the Six Nations this year. Like they talked about Louis Rizamit. Uh, who obviously is going to the NFL, and Antoine Dupont, who is going is skipping the Six Nations to go play Olympic Sevens rugby, or at least try to go play Olympic Sevens rugby. Um, Owen Farrell, who's now leaving England, who already said that he was going to be taking a mental health break from England rugby, and uh, you know is moving on from England almost altogether, which we'll talk about later on. But I, I felt like they had an opportunity to really like give us insight. And now I kind of get 
what some of the big deals were. Like Antoine Dupont. Once again, I don't watch a whole lot of French rugby uh, and uh, whether top 14 or uh, six or international test matches. So outside of what I saw in the Rugby World Cup, like I didn't really get the big deal of Antoine Dupont in terms of his relation to the team. But after watching it, I can see the intensity that goes with him. You got to talk to the, you got to hear from the coaches themselves and kind of get an idea of how these games are getting played. Like I, I felt real with it. I felt real like connected. Now, that being said, of all the pros, I did have a few cons. I did feel like there were some storylines that they they brought in late that I felt like we needed to have had to begin with. I don't know whether it's access or not, but uh, I wish we had gotten them earlier. Uh, there was a story like the Welsh story. I really wish they would delve more. They delved into it, the issues that were going on with it, but I really wish they'd gone more. Again, I, I probably put a lot of blame that uh, Wales uh, Rugby Union didn't want to open up a whole lot of um, – uh, didn't want to open up a whole Pandora's box of items against them. But yo, like these are the things that make us give a crap. Like I feel for why Wales is the Welsh country is just like weeping at the suffering of this rugby program overall. Like it makes a big deal. I didn't even know that Wales had a black interim uh, CEO, which for me, representation, meaning a lot of things, was pretty significant. I never knew that. Now, I know he's been celebrated in Black History Month, they said in like 2018, but psh, that's ages ago. You know, I, I had no idea and even his history until I had to go look it up. Um, I do think that um, also teams like Italy, I really wish we had gotten a little bit more into it. But the bit that we did get, I understand why they suck. And that is a team that... That needs work, man. The, the the coach for that one, who I guess is the coach for that team, was like, man, it's you, you know whenever you know somebody has hope, but like they're kind of dead on the inside. That's how I felt from Italy's coaching staff, uh, coaching's like just everything so close but so far, but. I, I really, really enjoy. I don't want to say so, so much because I want you guys to go take a look. But that I did put a list of some of my favorites that I thought should be uh, at least highlighted that you should look for. And I, of course, want your opinion on that when you get a chance to watch it. It's eight episodes long. Each episode is about forty minutes on average. Some forty-four, some thirty-nine. So you know, cut the middle. It's about forty, forty-one minutes on average for each episode. But uh, I thought it was it was good. It was good in depth. It felt the time. It felt the play. I felt like the intensiveness on this. But like I said, some of my favorite plays that uh, some of my favorites that I got from this documentary series. So first up, I want to say best stories to watch. Uh, number one, I'm not. This one's not in any order. I think these are just the top four top stories, and I think there was a. There was quite a few stories. We got to focus on quite a few players, uh, maybe around, I want to say, 18 players overall, almost two, two, three players per episode. But the best stories, in my opinion, came from Gael Fuka of France, uh, Stuart Hogg of Scotland, uh, Andrew Porter of, of Ireland, which... Bruh, heartbreaking. Fuqua, Gael Fuqua and and Andrew Porter... 
bro, I I feel for them. Like I'm so glad they discovered rugby. And then uh, I think lastly, Sebastian Negri of Italy. Like great stories. They were so heartfelt. They were so sincere. I legitimately give them credit for being that open about what's been going on with them, why they play, and how significant the Six Nations is to them and playing for their nation's team. Like, man, it's... it's. I, I now wish I had been watching a little bit more before, but if I'd had this story to start with, it'd be easier for me to watch the Six Nations. So uh, seeing that was great. Like, yo, they, they delved into all different parts. These stories were all fundamentally different, but all fundamentally significant to their day-to-day lives. So I, I give them credit for that one. All right. The, my favorite teams out of this to be able to root for now moving forward, uh, number one, Scotland. I think that Scotland team is just dope. They, I know they don't win all the time. I know they're good. They're one of those teams that are always in the middle. I feel like they're the Pittsburgh Steelers of, of European uh, test rugby. Like you're not, you're never too good and you're never too bad. You're somehow stuck in the middle and you don't have a lot of movement from that. But that team had personality, especially especially with the fly half, man. I, I, I'm, I'll go into Finn Russell, but Scotland was ended up being my favorite out of this. Number two was Ireland. Uh, I think that uh, they were open. And they really like let people see what they're doing. I, I like how they're structured. Uh, obviously, we saw what happened with the Rugby World Cup, but I can see why they're having success and why more teams should probably follow that element. Uh, number three, ironically, is England. Uh, and ironic because everybody hates England, except for the English. And with England, I, I thought like, you know, Steve Balswick, I, I'm, I'm going to call him Rugby Jason Statham because I swear everything feels like it is a very intense moment. He doesn't talk too loud. He doesn't go too soft, but you're going to understand every word. Like, I'm just like, yo, bro, ease it down. But I thought they had a lot of good stories with Owen Farrell, with Ellis Genji, um, you know, and, and, and really just... Uh, a lot of it was set up around competitions around England, which was interesting. I don't think it's ironic. I think Six Nations is based in London. So, you know, why would that be surprising at all? Uh, number four with France. Uh, I'm not going to front. I come in with a natural bias against France. For some reason, I just France annoys me in a lot of ways. But after watching this, I like them more. I I, I, I like them more than I did before. I always liked them as a talent, and I felt like they were always a talented team. Um, but I think from a personnel standpoint and how they have to interact, and especially the stories of like Gail Foucault and 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 Def and uh, uh, Antoine Dupont, like I thought that they became more the and their coach, their coaches. I forgot his name, but he must be. He's ultra pretentious, but I think he would. I would absolutely love playing for that dude because he makes rugby feel not just like it's not work it's not just a passion but legitimately it is fully a way of life and every time you listen to him talk it's like oh my gosh they are they are about that they are absolutely about that and you absolutely want to be able to feel that um next up with italy 
I liked Italy because of the stories. I liked Italy because of the fact that they really were are a team that's trying to find itself again. Um, they're a miserable team in a lot of ways, just because of the history of losing that they had. Like the the um, there was a statistic that they said at that point in two thousand uh, in twenty twenty three, where they're like, we have played one hundred and eleven games over 22 years in the Six Nations, and we have only won thirteen of them. Like that is some Las Vegas Raiders numbers that are happening there. That's like Detroit Lions prior to this year type numbers. Like that is a miserable franchise, a miserable test program. But those guys literally you're watching them get their confidence back. And and the amount of vulnerability that that team has to be able to talk about how disheartening but how much they want to fight back and get theirs back like i want them to win some solid games this 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 six nations like i feel like they absolutely deserve it they absolutely deserve and need to win some solid six nations games this uh, six nations matches this year and i'm gonna be rooting for them to go get theirs uh and then last i had wales wales they didn't do anything bad. Talk, focus on Warren Gatland, which I thought was really dope. Uh, like I, I, I didn't know much about him. I mean, I knew about him, but I didn't really like, you know, know him other than being a coach and being well renowned and having a lot of success early, early in his career. But like being able to see him in like an out of rugby environment was dope. But I felt like Wales just. They had the most boring personalities. Like their stories weren't really anything outside of like talking about the uh, the, the, the 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 rising player strike and everything. Like they they just they weren't the most interesting story to me. Like you had a kid in Louis Reese Zemit that I thought we could have like maybe more on, and and we did get a we did get quite a bit. I'm not gonna front. We did get quite a bit about him and 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 in connection with one of the other teams but like everybody else was just kind of like eh, eh, you know you didn't get gareth reese you know in coming in his last year like i hate the fact that he probably didn't take an interview and didn't want to tell anything like it's kind of whack to me so i think some of the better stories were were left off from wales so they are just low on my box i hope they rise i just uh, as a culture, I think they're legit, but uh, as as a rugby story, I, I think they were very boring. I think it was a lot of it on purpose. And then lastly, my favorite is the best personalities. These are the people you absolutely have to watch for. Number one, Ellis Genji. Uh, now, I'll, I will say this. Ellis Genji tells his story on this one, but I think he tells his story way better on another documentary called everybody's game that you can find on amazon prime and it was a much more concrete uh look into his past and then why he does what he does that being said ellis genji is a real one like that dude is a real dude um you know what he does for sebastian uh, negri which i didn't know in 2022 that is so legit, and I love the fact that they will forever have a connection. Uh, Ellis Genji seems like he's a voice of England rugby, even though, like, uh, what is it? Jamie George is supposed to be taking over the captainship for uh, England now, now that Owen Farrell's out. Well, I guess he's injured too, but, like, 
I really like Ellis Ganji in the front. Like he has some interactions that just make me laugh. Uh, just make me laugh. You know, uh, yo, New World Cricket goes, yo, I love rooting for Scotland. They always disappoint though. And, and it's like true. Like they did pretty well in this 2023 uh, uh, Six Nations. Just can't get it over the top. Like I said, like they are ultimately like the Pittsburgh Steelers. But speaking of Scotland, the two other best personalities that I enjoyed from it was Finn Russell, who Finn Russell is a star. Finn Russell is a G. Like he would probably annoy me to hell in real life, but also entertain the crap out of me in real life too. Like I loved his entire premise in 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 this. Like from contention with the coach at the beginning to like catching his mood and everybody everybody praising him. Everybody praising him. I absolutely love that. I'm going to be watching more Rossing 92 as a result of wanting to see how he continues to play because I already liked Rossing 92 because of Sia Khaleesi, but now knowing a couple more players on there like Gael Fuka or, and uh, and uh, Finn Russell, now I want to see them. Lay, and now you got Owen Farrell over there. Like I want to see this really turn out. And then the last person who was – not featured a whole lot, but I think he has such a charm to him. And I'm hoping that he comes out a lot stronger in uh, the Six Nations this year because he clearly is a dominant player when given the chance. But he needs to just – he needed more opportunities. And that's Blair Kinghorn. Uh, like, I think that his whole story and his personality was just so well displayed. Great interaction with his partner, with his mother, like his anticipation for the game. I, I was just like, yo, this dude, this dude is someone you can just chill and talk with. Like I I'm here for the conversation. I'm here to watch him just do well. Like if Finn Russell and, and freaking Blair, Blair Kinghorn at 15, just work in conjunction with each other. Like I'm, I'm all for it. So for me, th these are the ones that really stood out the most uh, for me out of this uh, out of this documentary. There's so much more, but like I said, I don't want to go into everything because I think it would be a bit unfair to um, to kind of spoil that for people. Like, yo, you you really want to be able to get a chance to just enjoy this on your own terms. But I would recommend watching it. I think it actually kind of pisses me off that it took this long for uh, World Rugby to actually come up with, to allow this to happen. And they had to follow, of course, Drive to Survive and all these other people to actually make that go. But, you know, like I said, that that being said, it's it's I'm happy that they did it. I think this is a really good way of getting people to help increase the ratings that are outside of rugby. And honestly, I hope that they do this for every major competition. So for 2025 Rugby World Cup women, I hope that they come in strong uh, to be able to provide that for the um, for the uh, 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 you know, 2027, 2025 British Irish Lions tour, I hope they do the same thing. Like, I don't think that in this day and age anymore, you can continue to go about not providing uh, an insight into the uh, individuals that you're going into the game. Like, you need the ratings, you need a documentary either following them or coming after them. So continue to do this. I'm I'm here for all of what they they were able to present, and uh, I, I look forward to 
being able to see what they what they do next. So uh, I hope you guys join. Let me know what you guys think in the comments when you, to, when you get a chance to watch it. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Let me know how you guys are feeling with it. Uh, I want your thoughts. And uh, yo, let's let's go. All right. So we got ads. I'm gonna be right back. Um, man, USA Rugby, World Rugby, MLR have finally come together to put their powers, combine their powers to create their version of Captain Planet. We're gonna talk about it next. Uh, right here. This is the Rugby Swag Show uh, with Gifty Bailu. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is just the break transiting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Because number one is because um, it's part of my business, I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the to the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk I've kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself into the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. Say hi to my people out there. Which makes up for my um social shortcomings. This place is unbelievable. No! It's not just it's like What's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture. Australian. G'day mate. Can you use my phone? But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, Central! Yeah! Rugby is, is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! And allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. It's just got so thick. It's just so thick here. Now it's pouring down rain again. But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression. So the whole thing's gone buggered. I got hit. What? I got Thailanded by a motorbike. I can just feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers, come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Making a comeback. Four weeks, 2,300 miles. Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. After all the trials and tribulations, this ride had become deeply personal. All that mattered now was getting to that Rugby World Cup game in Tokyo. Watch the full adventure 
at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yo, look, we have... Of course, some new news that came out this week. I think a lot of people already know, but we talked about this story happening. It was the Triple Crown MLR, USA Rugby, World Rugby coming together to combine their powers to create the newly combined anthem, Carolina Rugby. Yes, we finally got an announcement of their name, and it is the anthem. I think this one, honestly... Not the worst name. It's really not. I've actually complained pretty consistently about almost every name that a U.S. rugby franchise has created up to this point, but this was not one. I, I thought it was legit. Odd for Carolina. It seemed like it would be better for D.C., but, of course, you already got Old Glory, so, uh, you know, this one works well. And, you know, they came out with some serious acclaim, you know, came out uh, with, an, with a nice little video to kick off. So definitely let's let me let me let me little show a little bit of uh, uh, what what we had to be able to work with uh, from. From there. Uh, Rugby to new heights on the world stage. Major, Major League Rugby is excited to announce a 12th team for the 2024 season, Anthem Rugby Carolina. This landmark partnership between Major League Rugby, World Rugby, and USA Rugby represents a unified commitment to lift American rugby to new heights on the world stage. Representing the patriotic spirit of the Carolinas, Anthem RC will accelerate the development of young American players as they aspire to represent our USA Eagles at Rugby World Cup 2031, the first ever on home soil. It's rugby time. America major league yo so this is what we got this is what we got coming on right now so I, I again we've talked about anthem we've talked about this happening I've given my opinion I I'm still not a hundred percent believing like this was the best move especially for the money and investment I also understand the factor that there is the need to be able to have that USA rugby um developing squad to be able to come in but it does make it a little confusing in the sense of like how do does the pathway continue to work now with this USA rugby team basically bringing in their own version um bringing in their own version of a pathway to the national team like if this squad loses in mlr what does that speak to our national team um so i i don't know it, it, it's not like I, I would rather like again grassroots to be able to create it in other content but and or uh, but at least i hope that with this they're going to do more than just be a developmental squad, like just to be able to play. Because if they do that, you're just doing another USA Falcons, another USA Hawks. Like that feels counterproductive. Now, if this Anthem team puts together something that's equivalent to what we've just seen from um, uh, uh, Six Nations full contact, and we get to not only just watch this team play, but we literally are following and participating in what they do and in the players and getting to know them either during the season or afterwards, then I think this might be one of the best marketing elements that could be done for USA Rugby and MLR simultaneously um, because you need that. Like there needs to be 
more attention to the participants because I don't know anybody. We still don't even know who the players are going to be uh, in terms of who's going to be on that developmental squad. Uh, but it, it, it speaks volumes. And then, again, the question of do any of the players from other MLR teams get a chance to have a chance at the national team as well? Or did they need to be part of the anthem to be able to make their way up to the national side that's moving over to Carolina in, in, in a way? So I, I, I still got confusions, but that's neither here nor there because they are now including into the schedule. It doesn't look like they changed the format of anything for the MLR this year. It looks like we're still going straight uh, top uh top eight teams uh looks like we're still we're not separating into divisions but the you know the the uh what do you call it um the not the pathway but the travel schedule for the team for the anthem seems to be pretty pretty legit like seems to be pretty on point pretty on par for what we have uh it starts off like everybody we you know we all kick off march 13th march 3rd i'm sorry preseason starts in february their first game is going to be against the free jacks got to go against the defending champions can't got to love that um literally is a home game as well too so make that a great crowd for the people in the carolina area uh and a nice little uh, welcome to the welcome to the league. Followed up on March 9th against uh, Nola Gold, so they're going down into New Orleans, which is the Battle of the South. Uh, you know, I love that. I think one person called uh, March 23rd game against the Miami Sharks is the Battle of the Newbies, which again I love it. So you can actually find their full the um, uh, anthem's full schedule on their X or on their Instagram. Um, again, I think it's going to be a good schedule. I think they got. A really tough competition. They're going to be playing the Free Jacks, Gold, um, Dallas. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. They're going to be playing Dallas, Miami Sharks, Old Glory, Utah, Chicago Hounds, um, uh, Seattle Seawolves, Houston, uh, Los Angeles, Old Glory. So they're playing everybody with their double headers going against the Nola Gold, the Miami Sharks. Uh, Old Glory and the Free Jacks and the Chicago Hounds. So solid schedules. It's a it's a pretty tough schedule that they got on slate for them for their double headers. So I think it's going to be a good outcome. I I really wanted to bring someone on to talk about how this is mimicking a lot of what Argentina rugby is doing, and I think we'll do that for the future. Like getting on guests is remarkably a very difficult thing to do, but. Um, kind of speak on it and then we'll, we can talk about it on another episode, but seeing what, um, seeing what Argentina is doing with their colonialism, we talked about their, their imperial, I call that rugby imperialism. I talked about it last week where, you know, they're creating, they're bringing back their super rugby team to be able to compete in super rugby team. Obviously they have their primary national team that plays in the rugby championships. They have their super rugby teams in the Dogas and the Pampas who play into super rugby America's. And then, um, even though it's not connected to Argentina, but bringing in the uh, either the uh, not the Drua, uh, the Tongan team from Tonga over to Hawaii, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of creates a whole complete arc of what this Argentina rugby union is really trying to do in terms of expanding and developing their rugby at the highest level. 
and of course, where they're able to do that from is because of the fact that they were able to build so well in terms of their grassroots and their club roots, which is why I go back and say, like, I really am not sure if the anthem is a great usage of the money needed to be able to develop uh, rugby. And especially over the course of this next seven years that you want to be able to have, like this is the time where you start really creating a grassroots uprooting because you need the crowd. Like stop trying to support on the Europeans and and New Zealanders and, and South Pacificers all in general to come to the U.S. and come to uh, uh, the U.S. to be able to watch the Rugby World Cup. You want to have more than a solid base happening in the U.S. and really an overwhelming USA uh, spectator group coming through. So building up on the grassroots, building up into youth, and doing things that can add to the entertainment value for the fans to be able to follow people is where I felt like the money should be suggested. And I know in the comments I had one person say like it wasn't worth it. And then we'll talk about that. Wasn't worth the monetary effort to bring all these uh, all these teams to, to put money into grassroots because the money that would be used for you know MLR or for this MLR team wouldn't scratch for grassroots. But again. There's so many ways to be able to attract to the grassroots without you having to necessarily input directly to the unions, but more so create funnels that allow the, the individual unions to be able to rise and be able to have a better um, access to new talent, new people. Uh, I have a friend of mine whose kid just started playing rugby. Uh, he's an old high school buddy of mine based out of Houston. And he said his kid absolutely loves it. And that brings in a whole new fan just in and of itself. So I, I, I think, like I said, it's it's something that we need to look into finding new ways to be able to support different ways of messaging for the spectators as much as you want to find different ways to uh, mention for the um, – to build for the uh, – uh, um, what do you call it to build for the, um, for the on-field setup, you know, this is, this is just my thoughts on that. Yo, let me know what you guys think. Let me know how you're feeling with it. Uh, honestly, you know, I, do you guys like what's going on with the Anthem? Do you like this idea? Do you see this as a positive or do you feel like there's some pullback? Do you feel like this is not a great usage of resources or even for some an overstepping of the bounds, you know, hit me in the comments and let me know. All right. We got one more set of ads for you and uh, we're going to be right back. Yo, biggest news probably in us in, in world rugby overseas right now, players transferring and really changing up uh, what's going to be happening in terms of professional rugby. Uh, we'll be right back. This is rugby swag show with gift, gift time, a Bailu. We'll be right back. I'm going to let you get back to the show. I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. But in 2024, it is necessary that you have your own website. Don't let anybody tell you social media is the only place that you can be able to advertise. You need your own home. And the best home to be able to purchase online is through Green Geeks. This is the web host platform that gives you the most 
for the cheapest price, y'all. I've been using Green Geeks for almost 10 years now, and off of the WordPress platform, I've been able to customize and create websites to my desire and to the liking that I need. Included with it, they give you some of the best customer service in the business, and I cannot say enough about them. They have been able to be a great assistance to everything I do. And if you guys want to be able to start today at $4.95 per month, go to the link in the bio or the link in the caption, depending on where you're at, and go use it to help the show and get your site up right away. There's no reason that you need to be having complications that you need to be having paying thousands of dollars to be able to do it or even thousands of dollars per month to be able to get your website up. Go to Green Geeks, check it out, support the show. All right, let's get you back. All right, y'all. Look, right before we get started on uh, our next story, look, a little comment from Abel Rosa who's saying, I'm just a super casual, but I like that there is another team talking about the anthem on our last story that we just did. Uh, I, look, again, I, I think it's 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 do it's nice to have another team. And then as a casual, I, I think that's good to be able to have more to view. Again, it's always going to be the bigger picture, in my opinion. Like, what's what's the bigger picture that comes out of this? And talking about bigger pictures, let's talk Owen Farrell is leaving England in totality. That man said, I am done with this island, as he has officially been mentioned that he is going to be heading to Rossing 92. Now, Give you some context. What is Rossing 92? Rossing 92 is a professional rugby team that is based in France. It is part of the league known as Top 14, and it is probably the wealthiest league in the world because all their owners spend money and, and I'm not saying it's most profitable, but owners spend money. The debt tax basis for France is different. But you're seeing a lot of output going over there. And why I say he's leaving England altogether. Owen Farrell already talked about the fact that he was not going to be coming back to England for the Six Nations uh, because he wanted to take a mental health break because all your haters online have been grinding him and grilling him for so much. Speaking of which, uh, bro, Andy Farrell, who is the head coach for Ireland, uh, if you guys don't know, is the father of Owen Farrell. Man, I, I mean, clearly, he had Owen Farrell when he was young. I think Owen Farrell is, what, 34 years old. Andy Farrell is 48. So, goddamn, <laughs> to say the least, god dog. But, um, man, they, they really do look like uh, older and younger brother, not not father, brother. But I guess basically 14 years apart, you, you're basically the same. You're basically older brother, younger brother at that point. But, god dog. Anyways, but Owen Farrell going over to top 14 also gives the chance that he might not be able to play for the national team after that. He's going to get paid, but he's not going to be able to get the payment, uh, uh, the national team on that. So that one, I think, is is really important to uh, kind of mention on that. The other half of this is why it also plays into uh, the major changes that are happening in rugby uh, is the Saracens who Owen Farrell has played for basically his entire life outside of England. Um, he is uh, that team obviously is, has been 
getting restricted in its cap by Premiership because money is tough over in the Premiership rugby. Uh, Maro Toji staying there, but who knows for how long if they can. But on the flip side of it, because of the salaries that are having to be done by taking in Owen Farrell and last year, this past year, uh, uh, top 14 brought in Sia Khaleesi. Uh, they already had Gael Fiku, who I talked about for him, the Netflix documentary, uh, as well as Josiah Tuasova, who is the sevens um, superstar, uh, and Cameron Woki, I don't know who he is, and uh, Henry Ardendel, who is also a rising star. So they got all these huge contracts, and as a result, like... They have to get rid of players, and it looks like they're getting rid of as much as 12 players. The cap apparently for top 14 is 10 million pounds per year, so that's that that hits hard to be able to get these hard hitters, but if you guys are seeing, if you guys get a chance to see top 14, it seems to be paying off. Rossing 92 is top of the league for them. We'll see what happens after this weekend. Um, and, and they play also in the United Rugby Championships. No, no, not the United. They played in the Investec Guinness, um, the Investec European Championships, where they snuck into the playoffs at 16. So they have a chance to play in April. Farrell isn't supposed to kick in until next season. But, man, this is, has like a ripple effect on so much of rugby. New guys coming in like Marcus Smith for England, who... I'm saying names because now this documentary actually put faces to names and I actually know who they are. Uh, you had people like Marcus Smith, who is uh, an up-and-comer fly half, who now will have an opportunity to uh, have more consistent starts. He was kind of meh in the Six Nations last year. And then you also have, I think, is George Smith, George Michael, um, who, who uh, played in the Rugby World Cup and just a bomb-ass kicker. I think he's from Northampton, uh, plays for Northampton in Premiership. So England is getting like an overhaul. Uh, Scotland, we already know, is getting an overhaul. I don't know why. Scotland comes in just because of the fact that all this over the course of like six months, completely different Six Nations that you're having, completely different um, professional side that's going to be coming up over the course of the next six months like so much just because this one guy decided to be like, yo, I'm a, I got to chuck up the deuces and I got to make my way on. But I give him credit. You know, uh, he deserves it. He's been a force uh, watching some of the doc. You can see like as a fly half, you know, you're always going to be ta targeted because you are the backs passer. Because I, I will say a lot of people keep going like. Fly halves are the most important piece in rugby, but yo, scrum half to fly half, man. And I feel like scrum half is more so because you got to distribute from outside the ruck and the scrum versus distributing in the open space. But that's just me. This is me. I feel like scrum half takes that. But, um, you know, a lot of people being out for this Six Nations, the shift in going to uh, places where they can actually get financial restitution the way that they need to, even though people are arguing and making it seem like that's a bad thing. Like, yo, you put your body on the line. Stop perpetuating amateurism at the cost of the body of the people because you're not the one that has to live with it afterwards. So they're basically getting their money, you know, and, and making sure that they're good for their families indefinitely. So I'm happy to 
be able to see that. So I'm hoping that he has a good time over in Ross 92. England now has a chance to be able to reset themselves and figure all their stuff out. And, uh, yo, what is your thoughts on it? Like, how do you feel about Owen Farrell uh, going to Ross 92, uh, you know, kind of getting away from that very, I think, poisonous English media uh, going to a really blase, blase French, but tough league. Um, and really just trying to see what, what's up. See what's up. Uh, okay. So last off, uh, I want to do as we normally do. Let's look at the comments and see what has been going on, how you guys responded. I absolutely always love talking in the comments. So uh, in the meantime, let's go. Let's go take a, a quickie, quick look at what you guys had to say on some of our past episodes from our episode uh, from last week. All right, so. OK, so. First and foremost, uh, let's talk on our uh, one of our first. This came in from uh, just a little over a week ago. This is right off of our episode. Uh, and this one was talking about world rugby and USA rugby making a new professional team. So this is Douglas Yon's YG3LV. And he said, seven to $10 million will do nothing at the grassroots level. It will be gone in a nanosecond. Funding up and coming players that will be coached full time and play on a regular basis has been a huge black hole. This addresses that to a degree. So I understand where he's coming from with that in terms of wanting to accelerate the development of rugby players who have the chance of playing at a high level here in the country. And that being said, I think the problem has been is that you only have such a limited subset of that. And the way to be able to solve that is building grassroots. I agree in the fact that if you're taking seven to $10 million and trying to distribute it out to all the leagues and to all the, um, to all the leagues and to all the, um, you know, unions or individual teams, of course, it's not going to do anything. But the job that USA Rugby and World Rugby can do is create messaging. It's just like we take with this documentary series. That's messaging. Does it directly help every union, every youth league, every collegiate team, every uh, uh, academy team that's going across board? Absolutely not. But it is a big picture that allows people to get messaging in a different way where they can be subsequently directed to those programs that are within their region. And that money can be helped to create more messaging that makes it easier for them and hence build up your grassroots and build up the access of talent that you need, uh, the access of uh, awareness that can also provide more money in the back end from sponsorships or from supporters or from donors who now have a better idea of connecting with the sport versus you just going to them blind or going to them cold as they call it and trying to explain how this is something that's developing or growing or and talking about numbers that don't necessarily mean anything to that individual person and hence pass over the support that they could be using 
uh, for for developing. So for me, it just that that that's kind of a big deal. I feel like it it could be used, but I do get your your point. So thank you for commenting. Um, A E I X two I Z said speaking on uh the rugby players funnels to the nfl talked about me uh this uh, that was an episode uh he said glad to hear you're back on the pitch i'm a few months away from being there myself by the way i'm not looking to forward to my first bronco in 10 years yo bro i 100 percent am rooting for you to absolutely kill it thank you so much for uh the compliments of china uh being on the field i'm really really happy to be back um can't wait to get into my first game uh in whatever format but absolutely elated uh about being able to um you know being able to uh be a part of rugby from a direct standpoint again so uh here's to us absolutely killing it uh good luck on your bronco uh the broncos still suck always and forever always and forever and never gonna quit that but we gotta get it right all right, my guy Rit the Rugger 160 said, Forever Strong helping me correct. I think on the episode, uh, I called it Forever Rugby. I meant Forever Strong. So much appreciated to that. He said, Something I'll never get over about the movie. The star plays for a different team than Highland. He plays wing, he has discipline issues and gets sent to Juvie. Anyway, the facility allows him to play for Highland. He goes through preseason all the way to the first game. He arrives on game day expecting to play wing and finds out he starts. He's starting. No surprise. This is where I have an issue. He started at hooker. What the F? Impossible. Today, it's even illegal. No coach would start someone at hooker without a good bit of prep time, learning the signals, plays, and skills necessary. I spent... A few decades in Denver, our high school clubs would occasionally play Highland. I knew their coach, great guy, stayed at his place once when I was sent there to ref. That is a situation that would never er, that he would never put a player into. The story itself is okay, but that little that uh, that lie bugged the hell out of me for the rest of the movie. Honestly, I'm with you on it. I'm with you on that. Like, it actually was a wild concept. I know in the movie, if you guys haven't gotten a chance to check it, Forever Strong, it's not the greatest movie, but it's a solid American rugby story, and especially in the early days when there's not a lot of rugby, early days, it's still consistent now. Uh, there's not a whole bunch of rugby stories. Uh, I think that was one that is was well, you know, it's good to be able to go check out. Like you gotta, you can enjoy it anyway. It's great for the family. But yeah, I, I did think that was one, and and the character gets put into hooker so that he can learn to be a more connected player. But you're right. Like there's so many aspects of being a hooker that's more than just trying to grip the ball in the scrum and and just be there in the rucks and of course throw-ins. Like you really have to know what it is you're doing because you're directing in these aspect times. But I think for the story of of for Forever Strong, you needed to have a reason for him to connect with the players and to break him down a little bit. So, you know, sometimes you got to be a little bit exaggerating when it comes to your stories, you know, parts, part of the game, part of the game. Um, uh, uh, Brianni Yada nine, four, nine, eight 
said a dongle replaces the water buffaloes. This was in regards to the water world rugby challenger series Dubai results. And this was talking about Kenya rugby. I spoke about the fact that Kenya rugby lost a whole lot of senior leadership and senior management, uh, senior leadership in terms of their rugby team. But uh, one of their players, a dongle who is an absolute monster on the field uh actually came to replace him hard so um he's been actually showing and you see it as kenya has made it back into is making it back trying to get themselves back into hsbc 7 series and are in and made their way back into the olympic sevens series beating south africa in the uh africa cup uh sevens uh olympic qualifiers you know, Kenya is a team to watch again uh, and, and and could absolutely do damage or absolutely be, you know, mid. But I think this is a younger squad that knows kind of what they're looking for and they, they have a mission now. Um, Neil392 uh, gave a great explanation. This was in regards to the British and Irish Lions announcing the women's tour in 2027. Uh, the Lions isn't about teaming up to be able to beat the best, beat the Southern Hemisphere teams. It's very much a celebration of rugby, and it carries a lot of historical importance. Not least the size of the traveling support fans will uh, fans will travel to the men's next tour in their tens of thousands. The last time they played in Australia, there were more red in the crowd than gold. Because the support demographic for women for the women is different, I can't see that happening. Fans will travel, but not in significant numbers. For that reason alone, I would have picked France as a first tour destination. The organizer said that they wanted to create their own history and tradition, and that would have set the marker. You could also play fixtures against Italy and Spain as a part of the tour, but they've picked New Zealand, so we'll have to just uh, so we'll just have to save up. Getting the composition of the tour party right will also be a challenge. If you were selecting a tour party of 35 today, 25 plus would be English. So over the next couple years, we need to see a number of non-English players putting their hands up for selection. Having said all that, I think the tour is important. The Barbarians recognize the importance of having a women's team, and I'm pleased that the Lions have followed suit. Interestingly, back in 1980s, Pre the first Women's World uh, Cup, Great Britain played as a single team for a few years and provided a, a connection piece, uh, a link to Great Britain women's rugby team on Wikipedia. So uh, I I agree. I, I do think, I, like, again, I, the British-Irish Lions tour is is one that I, I truly just have not felt is the most significant thing to do in rugby today. Um, it just, it, it, it doesn't feel like it has the gusto that it had before. And for me, I, I really did think it was, well, and from what I've been told was, you know, a bunch of the Northern Hemisphere teams just were not able to compete with New Zealand. Uh, and they would go down. It would be a celebration of rugby. It would be the combination of Wales, England, Ireland, and uh, uh, Scotland coming together to be able to play together, especially with countries that have so much contentious history behind them, particularly with England. And so you'd have this brotherhood of players coming together, taking six months to take a boat down to the South Pacific to be able to play these teams that, you know, normally beat them on a regular basis individually. But you also do speak to it. Like, it's a celebration of rugby. It is a major thing within uh, European rugby helms, especially within the island of Great Britain. 
Uh, and and no matter who I talk to that's part that's European or has been associated with it from Australia or New Zealand, they speak incredibly highly of it. From the women's side, I, I think it's good that they need to have their tradition. Um, you know, uh, does it help rugby overall? Hard to say. Hard to say because again, we see great uh, England play against New Zealand. And to what uh, Neil three nine two says, if you have a pro prominently uh, English team. I don't think it's going to really make a difference in terms of what you are looking for in an outcome. That being said, I do disagree on the fact that I think that uh, Wales and Ireland and Scotland in particularly have a lot of players that are, are would be available and that would be very qualified to play. And I think it could really be more of um, maybe uh, 20, uh, 20 English, or maybe 20 years ago. 15 English players with the other 20 being from Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. And there's plenty to go. I've said, like, Jasmine Joyce, I think, would be phenomenal in this. Uh, you know, Lucy Mulhall would be phenomenal uh, in, in this, uh, in representing for Ireland and Jasmine Joyce for Wales. So I think there's something to be able to be said that you have this and you can be able to see the combination. Again, I don't think it's the most exciting um outcome but again it's new zealand new zealand is the black friends are always a good competition obviously they have the number on england and in terms of the rugby world cup and you know they are always going to be a great competition out of that all right um i'm gonna go one more comment and then um yeah one more comment and then um make my way out um in regards to lewis reese zemet uh going to the nfl through the international player uh, per player participation, a uh, player participation portal. Um, Griff MJ goes, it's just a money move. Sadly, he has let down his club and his country. If he does not make it in the U S his return will not be as financially beneficial for him. Good luck to him, but he could have been a Welsh legend. And you know, to him, uh, to Griff, I, I get where he's coming from. I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to be able to go get paid. Again, you're a professional player. Your job is to get paid to play your sport, respective of whatever that sport is. And he's also young. He's 22 years old. So he's got a lot to be able to, uh, a lot of time to be able to make up. Like his peak in rugby isn't really going to hit until 26. Let's be honest. Right now, he's a speedster off the edge with the potential of being a controlled speedster and making up for the loss of like a Gareth Reese or something like that. That being said, I don't think he's going to make it in the NFL. Um, again, speedsters are a dime a dozen. I know I, I read somewhere his dad used to play for the European, um, one of the European uh, NFL Europe teams back in the day. And, uh, and, and from the documentary, he seems like he has a very caring family. Like they're really down to support him, but he's a speedster. Um, you know, running routes is very different than catch and run. Um, he's not even going to be close to the fastest player on the field. And he's also going to be one of the least experienced, um, you know, and even from a tackling standpoint, he's been eh, from what I've seen. So, you know, what can he do? Can he make it on special teams? Is he going to make a practice squad? I don't know, but I think having a lot of doubters probably might feed him. They say he's incredibly competitive. So I, I think it's good. But again, I don't think he is going to be in lieu of being a Welsh legend, I think he can still very much come back to it 
and do it. Um, and if he makes it in the NFL, I think he still stands to be a Welsh legend because he shows that there's more opportunity to be able to compete in other sports rather than um, feel like you're in a fledgling situation, even if it's working for your country or for your your pro team. So, you know, give him the chance. I, I love what he's got going on. And then uh, lastly, Jason Bray, Ultra Sports, my guy, uh, talked about our interview with Lance Cavanaugh that you guys can check uh, check uh, over. It was the last episode we just did. Great episode with him. He makes the he does the media uh, platform Great American Rugby. Man is telling stories about the people from the grassroots level, and I think it's fantastic. It's a long interview, but it's really in depth. Really follows his story. Uh, but he caught what would be our RSS podcast feed. He goes. Uh, great uh, interview, but why can't we see your hands and faces? At that time, I hadn't been able to get the video up, but the video is up if you want to get a chance to watch it, or you can listen in the two parts that I placed on the audio on all the podcast streaming networks. So um, options for days, options for days that you guys are able to use for, for this. Ugh. But Ain't it all right. Funny? to talk about but y'all thank you so so very very much for being a part of this show today thank you so much for taking a listen thank you for much for your support y'all i want you to please like i said go check out our past interview with lance cavanaugh we had it with craig dawson prior to that uh mike anderson craig dawson of prayer view AM rugby hbcu rugby uh mike anderson of the rs rugby foundation uh uh um freddie henry ajudwa of nigeria rugby prior to that and we've had so many interviews so 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 many interviews to be able to talk about so uh, you guys have a lot of content to be able to learn about the people we got so much more coming up i'm excited about this next one coming through we brought in um wendy young of your scrum half connection actually uh we actually have wendy young of your scrum house connection and uh ad cooney and ty lewis of the pacific coast rugby league both of those interviews are going to be coming up soon most of so be on the lookout for them y'all i want to thank you so much for being a part of this thank you so much for sharing but most importantly and when it all comes down to it man i hope that you guys are happy i hope that you guys are healthy and of course please for not just your mental health but for your heart and for the knowledge of our community i hope that you know that you are highly favored until next time y'all y'all have a great night cheers